You're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. This is the biggest name in comedy, Kostaki Economopolis. Hello there, I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's Adam Ray. You know, balancing that, um, you know, having a girlfriend, but still having the, the, the party guy inside of me. Uh, a lot of, you know, observational stuff uh, just from traveling. That's one of the benefits, too. I've opened for the New Kids on the Block twice, and it's like I've got stories about that. I've got stories about going to Australia and Japan. And, and um, you know, the more you do things, the more you, you pick up material and things to talk about been ages since we spoke to Adam Ray. We'll catch up with him in just a few minutes. We have a song of the week coming up from Foles. But as I've mentioned before, it is summertime, so while the interview is new, the dumb bits are uh, going to be coming from the archives for the next couple of weeks. So here we go. First, there was Vanilla Coke. Then, Pepsi jumped on the bandwagon with Pepsi Vanilla. And now, Pepsi is trying to rip off Coke in an even bigger way. Introducing Pepsi Coke. It's Pepsi with the flavor of Coke. Mmm, I haven't had Pepsi this good since the last time I had a Coke. That's because the can says Pepsi, but the taste says Coke. Wow, Pepsi Coke is awesome. See, some 20-something gulped it down and said it was awesome, so it's gotta be good. And it comes in every possible variety. There's Diet Pepsi Coke 1, Caffeine-Free Pepsi Coke, Caffeine-Free Diet Pepsi Coke, Cherry Pepsi Coke, Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue, and Caffeine-Free Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue with Caffeine. Wow, I had no idea the taste of all my favorite Pepsi flavors would taste better with a taste of Coke. Take the Pepsi Coke taste test today and see if you can tell if you're tasting Pepsi or Coke or both. Pepsi Coke. It's the Pepsi name you know with the taste of Coke you love. The new Mountain Dew Summer flavors are here and they're extreme, extremely extreme. Like the new Mountain Dew Nervous Conniption. Mountain Dew Nervous Conniption has to be the best flavor ever. And I was trying it, I was listening all the time, well, which just happens to be my favorite band in the world. You know, so it was all good. So whenever I listen to them, I think about the Nervous Conniption. I mean, it's just that good. Oh, and right now I'm talking to my one friend, Emma, because I'm probably going to have Mountain Dew Nervous Conniption with her, because, you know, wouldn't that be so much fun? We'd be all really hyped together. You know, because being hyped okay. is like, the best part of right. the Okay, thank you. Thanks. Know, that's why it's so great. Shut up! Ah, sorry! <laughs> New Mountain Dew Nervous Conniption. Get some fast. Adam Ray is a stand-up comedian originally from the Seattle, Washington area. He sounds like he's from the East Coast. We actually talked about that on the last time he was on the show. But uh, here now is our new interview with Adam Ray. Well, uh, so in an audition, can you uh, get anything you can talk about? Anything exciting? Uh, yeah, it's for a, a show that Whitney Cummings is um, uh, created and starring in for uh, for Amazon. Oh, cool! All right, yeah. that, that's... so be to kind of play her, uh, uh, her 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 guy, more or less. Her, uh, her dude. Yeah. All right, cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, what for a while? So it was easy. Yeah. So I'm, I was looking it up. I remember this from last time too. You've had a pretty steady career uh, acting, along with you know steadily doing stand up. Um, is it tough right. balancing the two? Uh, yeah. Is it what? Is it tough balancing the two? Uh, it can be. Yeah. I mean, they're they're pretty synonymous. You definitely want to. You know, the more you're crushing acting, the the more stand up opportunities you're going to get. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, yeah. I mean, you definitely want to be in town as much as possible so that you're not missing out on opportunities. But, um, 
you know, I I enjoy going on the road and, and um, you know, doing doing the hours as many times as possible. So um, you just got to pick and choose. And, you know, there's, there's definitely times when things are busier in L.A. for auditions. So you try to, uh, you know, stay uh, stay around for those. But um, sometimes you just got to roll the dice and, and uh, you know, um, take, take the gigs when they're, when they're there. Um, but I, I do a pretty good job of balancing it. Um, but, again, they're synonymous. So it's like, you know, and if I have to, I had to you know, when I shot a movie, I was a lead in this indie uh, comedy with Thomas Lennon last fall, and I had to cancel uh, a couple weekends last minute. And, um, you know, it was kind of a bummer, but, uh, you know, the clubs understood. And, uh, you know, you just try to hopefully have a good relationship with them and, and you know, do them a solid when you go back uh, and they book you again. And also, it you know, it, it helps. So if you're going back to them with, with more credits under your belt, more things people have seen you in, that, that's never a bad thing. Yeah, because you, you put butts in the seats that way. Yeah, for sure. There you go. So how often do you get to uh, be on there? How often are you out of L.A. actually doing stand-up these days? Yeah, I live in L.A., and, and I, uh, I got to leave tomorrow from Miami, and, and uh, there that weekend before I turn to Minnesota next week. And uh, Yeah, it's, I, sometimes three weekends a month, sometimes four. Um, you know, I'll probably uh, slow down in the fall because things will kind of acting wise pick up again, but I'm... Um, I get my albums coming out April 26th, and so uh, I'm trying to do a bunch of dates on that just to kind of, you know, um, be out and, and promote it and sell it, and and, um, and it's just a good challenge too to, to be trying to be doing stuff that's um, that's not on that album, you know. Yeah, I guess it's a little different. And I'm thinking about it. You said, you know, this Netflix show that you you just tried out for that it isn't like when we were growing up. It's like even as young TV fans, we knew, oh, uh, they start shooting shows in the summer and they end in the winter. And then, you know, people can go do other things and they, they appear in movies. But now, like, you can film a Netflix or a Hulu series or, or anything like that anytime. So I probably kind of yeah. makes it a little difficult to schedule stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, uh, so, what are you talking about on stage these days when you do get out on the road? Uh, I mean, you know, you, you got to come see the show. But um, you know, I'm uh, I'm an uncle to, uh, to four uh, nieces and nephews, um, like a six really. But um, and uh, a lot, you know, a lot of stories right now. And and uh, you know, a lot of stuff about my my mom getting older and um, old jobs and. Um, you know, still, uh, you know, balancing that, um, you know, having a girlfriend, but still having the, the, the party guy inside of me. Um, uh, a lot of, you know, observational stuff, uh, just from traveling. That's one of the benefits too of doing so many, you know, uh, uh, you know, taking on and have done so many, you know, I've opened for the new kids on the block twice. And it's like, I've got stories about that. I've got stories about going to Australia and Japan and, and, um, you know, the more you do things, the more you, you pick up material and things to talk about. So, um, you know, I worked at Universal Studios as Wolverine for, for four years. I've got uh, tons of theme park uh, stuff and, and oh, wow. you know, relationship stuff. And, I did not know any of that from last time we talked. Yeah, because yeah, I remember, I think we oh, yeah. left off last time. Yeah, you had uh, you were talking about last time how in you know, high school you and your buddies took over the, uh, the, the uh, announcements and turned it into a sketch comedy show. Which yeah. the teachers kind of got fed up with, but then we kind of talked about other stuff. I didn't realize where you went after that, and uh, the amusement park thing—that's that's fascinating. My daughter's her ultimate goal is to work in the media relations department of an amusement park. She's a big amusement park fan, so oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. So did you get that gig when you moved to LA and were kind of just to have something to do uh, around auditions and stuff like that, or how'd that come about? 
Say it one more time. Uh, when you got the gig at Universal Studios, was that just a like a day job to do around auditions, or did uh, how did that come about? Uh, yeah, my buddy actually wanted to go be a, a tour guide. It was like his dream. Um, so he goes, "Will you come with me?" Because I was a tour guide on the on the tram first, um, and uh, and so we went, and he ended up not getting it, and I did. Um, uh, and so, uh, and then I was there for a little bit doing the tour and, and, you know, it was, it was fun. I was, I'd make up a lot of facts and, um, my boss would always, you know, chastise me and be like, you can't say that those bushes were an attack of the bushes starring Al Pacino. <laughs> I was like, it's funny. People take pictures of it. They just trust me. I'm like, yeah, you got to stick to the, you know, the fucking facts. And so, uh, uh, that wasn't paying too great. So I wanted to still stay at the theme park. So I started doing Wolverine and that, that paid significantly more. And, and um, and it was cool. It was cool to be at a place where people were always in a good mood. I didn't want to wait tables. Um, and it was, you know, I got to flex a little bit of that improv muscle doing the, you know, doing the tram, the tour guide. It was like four or five hour shows a day. So you definitely have to flex that stand up muscle. And then, um, then I hosted the Fear Factor live show for a little bit. And the last thing oh, I did cool. was play this like New York cop that was not from anything. It was just a random character. And that was the most fun because I had the most, uh, you know, creative freedom to kind of just really do and say whatever I wanted and improv a lot with guests. And so, so it was, it was cool and it paid well. So it was, and they were flexible with, with me, you know, um, doing standup and, and taking auditions and to a certain extent when Bobby Lee started taking me on the road a lot and I had to start, you know, calling in sick a lot, then it, then uh. it finally added up and that was, that was kind of how I got canned. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good day job. I'm, I'm very, you know, I've got a lot of material about it, but it's, it was, uh, you know, I look on the, look back on those times fondly. You know, uh, did you know a lot about Wolverine to get the Wolverine gig, or did you just kind of like? I don't know shit. No, I mean, I walked in there like you know, in a tight black muscle tee, and my hair all done up, and sideburns big, and they said, "Come in in character," and they were like, "You know, what's your name?" And I was like, "You know, Wolverine," and they're like, "Oh, who are your friends?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, Scott and Matt." And they're like, "What about <laughs> Storm and Captain America?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." They're cool. <laughs> Uh, you know, they, they would ask me about my superpowers and I, I didn't know that he like healed himself. So I was like, Oh, you know, I can, I was trying to be funny. So I was like, did like a weird jump kick. And I was like, I'd start doing like the disappearing thumb trick. And they were all laughing. And they're like, what about healing yourself? I was like, Oh yeah, for sure. I'll do that. If you want that, you know, I'm kind of a people pleaser. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, you know, I guess, you know, and they would even tell me like Wolverine's not supposed to be this funny. But they're like, you know, but you did a good job and blah blah blah. So, but I mean, there were two other Wolverines ahead of me when I got the job. They were just looking to add one to the roster. So, oh, I see. I, I said Jay Moore used to give me a hard time on his podcast. He would always call me third string Wolverine, which is pretty <laughs> much what I was. You know, that's funny. Yeah, my uh, I host uh, trivia, and I went to one of my company's shows. We're allowed to play the tri- on the nights we're not doing it because we don't see the questions. And I told my wife I need to find out a lot more about comic books because I'm really I, if it's not Spider Man, I don't know anything. <laughs> So that's kind of funny. So what time frame were we talking at Universal here? Is it when it was still basically before they kind of themed it up, if it was really just like a, a studio with a couple of attractions or what? Because that's the last time I visited in the 70s, it was like that. Say that again? But what, was, what time frame were we talking when you were at Universal? Was before- oh, this was a 2000. I was a tour guide while I was in college, 2003 to 2005, and then uh, Wolverine like 2006 through 2009, and then Fear Factor and the Cop like – you know, um, through 2010, and then that's when I stopped. 2010-11 is when I stopped working there and going on the road with Bobby full-time, and then I, I think I got the heat in 2012, so. Okay, so they, they themed it up pretty good by then. Is, 
Because when I, when I went there in the 70s with my dad, there was like two attractions and they, the tram just took you to all the back lots. And that was it. That was the whole. That yeah, was, yeah. That it's was the whole tour. Know. Oh, and Jaws. Jaws was there too. That was, oh, Jaws was there too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I made a girl cry once because I was, you know, I was straight out of acting school. So some of these, you know, stunts that you had to act along with, I was really going for. And, and with Jaws, I mean, I would freak out and this girl started crying because I got out of the tram and. I was just committing so hard, treating it like like an acne exercise. <laughs> and the driver was like, yo, man, you got to take it down or not. It's like, you know, just pretend that there's a shark there. You don't have to actually make people believe there is one. I was like, oh, okay. I think they just took that out, didn't they? I think that was there for years and years. I mean, that was... Jaws? No, no, no. Jaws will never go. Okay. Like, and maybe they've updated it then. Well, one thing that was there I thought was uh, funny was um, this one might have been 80... 1982, I think it was. There was the Battlestar Galactica part of the tour, and uh, it was it had been off the air for four years. But I was a huge BSG stan, so I was happy with it. And one of the funniest right. memories I have was uh, the tram that's driving back to the drop-off point, and it goes behind the Battlestar Galactica attraction. And there's Colonial Warrior and Cylon with his helmet off walking to lunch. <laughs> it was the greatest thing, and I got a picture of it, and it's one of my favorite pictures ever of my trip to California. So. Uh, so you, you got the heat then, and and then kind of things just took off from there. Yeah, yeah, I got the heat, and then that kind of got me uh, start headlining, and then that got me in more rooms for other uh, shows and whatnot, and then uh, and then yeah, it was um, uh, just kind of off, off and running, and, and you know it's always a grind. I mean, there's so many things I've gotten close and not gotten, but you um, you know there's there's uh, there's so many things that. Um, you know, I've gotten to do because of that and uh, everything leads into something else. And, uh, you know, the relationships I got to make from that were great. And, you know, obviously I had Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy and Paul Feig on the podcast and Michael McDonald and Joy Mack. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was cool. It was my first big thing. And so it was, you know, eye opening and nerve wracking, but like, you know, definitely put me at ease for, for anything to come after that. Cause you can't, you can't get much bigger than doing a movie with those two, you know? True. Um, so you were talking about, you know, saying you have a girlfriend, but trying to balance the party life with being the, the committed guy. Does it when you get, you know, out on the road, do you get to party a little bit more? Or are you more of a grown up now when you're out on tour? Say it one more time. Uh, you said you were kind of balancing the being the party guy with being the committed guy. So when you're out on the road and doing comedy, are you still kind of like a, a young comic doing the party thing? Or are you more of a grown up now and just kind of sightseeing? No, I mean, and, um, uh, I, you know, I still like to have fun. I mean, I'll always pick, um, you know, one night while I'm at a, a, a club, uh, to go out with the staff and, and hang out. And, but I mean, I, you know, I got so much work now too, and I'm writing so many different things and, and I got a, you know, a handful of voiceover gigs that I got to do while I'm on the road and, <clears throat> and, you know, just doing multiple shows and, and hours, you want to be, uh, you want to feel as good as possible. And so, um, you know, that, that definitely plays a role. So I'm definitely still a little more cognizant about, you know, making sure that I'm at my best to, uh, to show up to the club. So, um, but no, I mean, I still, still like to drink and, uh, you know, there's, uh, some people in Minnesota that come out with some joints and whatnot, like probably partake, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's everything in, uh, everything in, in moderation, you know? Sure. Sure. Uh, do any sightseeing when you're in the in towns to places, or once you visited a town, you're kind of like, well, I've probably seen. Yeah, I don't know. Last time I just kind of went around to the mall, and uh, Nick Swartzen, though, you know, started to act me, and I just saw him a couple nights ago, and he told me to even uh, go in on Monday because he said the open mic there is really awesome, and so I might, if I can pull that off, I might go early 
Uh, but he's going to give me a list of places to go to um, and really uh, make sure I, you know, soak up my uh, my acne experience. But you know, he uh, he's got so much pride for for uh, for the area, so he's he really wants me to you know do all the do all the right stuff. So well, there you go. Sportsnet kind of set me up. Do you do, do comics also often compare notes like that on you know you got to go to this place or this place in a in a certain town? Yeah, you try to if, yeah if you get by somebody and they know I mean you know it's if if it comes up I mean you know I'm, I don't think people are scouring people's websites and then hitting them up but it doesn't happen yeah I'll do that when, when people go to Seattle or they'll they'll hit me up um, where's one from and and um, uh, you know you always want people if there's something really special to see they got to do a lot of times. Um, you know, as he's got the, you know, people kind of, they've never been there. They'll do the touristy things, but like there's some people that are a little more privy to, you know, uh, finding like the special eateries and, and, uh, and things that, that people don't know about. Um, and I, I definitely like to do that. So hopefully, hopefully Swordson sets me up with the cool shit and not just like, Hey, there's a really cool, uh, Buca de Beppo, uh, downtown. <laughs> this is a bad example because I would definitely go there. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the tiramisu is proper. Um, For sure. yeah. Uh, so is there anything on like your career bucket list, any kind of vehicles for your comedy that you've wanted to explore yet? Uh, music, Broadway, uh, a book, anything like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I'd love to get back to the stage and do some theater. I mean, you know, my album comes out, uh, I'm hoping that really, uh, you know, moves the needle a little bit and can get, uh, you know, give me some more, um, you know, work in the stand-up world. But, you know, it's, life's a pretty steady diet of, stand-up podcast, voiceover, um, writing, and, and uh, trying to get back on TV. I've got a few shows in the works that I'm pitching, and and, um, and uh, I shot a pilot for E! here a little bit ago, a comedy show. They're trying to get back on the comedy game. And my podcast partner, Brad and I, are pitching a few shows. And um, so, yeah, it's just uh, you can be as busy as you want to be. So I, I try to, you know, sometimes to a fault, you know, put too much on my plate, Um and, and, and not enough time to, to rest, but um, um, you know, it's, you get one shot at it, so you just want to try to uh, maximize your opportunities, you know, and, and and create your own opportunities. I mean, you can't sit back and wait for things to happen. You gotta you know, put things in motion, you know. I was gonna, you'd be a good person to ask this. Is do you you know you're one of these people that it's you, you really hate to turn down work when it comes up? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I. Uh, you know, you you have to prioritize, and as you get older, you gotta, um, uh, you know, you gotta pick and choose what's most important, and not overextend yourself. But um, you know, I think I'm doing pretty good at that. But it definitely uh, is challenging. I mean, every every day I try to, you know, so a lot of times I'll put off life stuff or career stuff, and then I'll get behind on, you know, bills and things of that nature. But, um, uh, but yeah, it's it's. You know, again, you get one shot, man. So you just want to try to be present and be available. But you got to prioritize because you know the last thing you want is to, you know, be so overextended that you, you know, shoot yourself in the leg on on certain opportunities because, um, you know, because you just we're doing too much, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what do you do when you're like off duty? When you do get a chance to relax, as you watch sports, do you read? What do you what's What's, what's downtime? Yeah, like? uh, yeah, big sportsmen, big, you know, Mariners, Seattle Slam, but Mariners are crushing it right now. And, um, yeah, I mean, I like to you know, go to concerts and don't see enough movies, but, um, you know, it's funny. I mean, it's like when I, you know, 
play a lot of basketball, you know, which is why it was so cool that Brad and I get to play in the celebrity all-star game. And, and um, you know, I try to, you know, do life stuff so that I'm not just working all the time. But, you know, uh, it's also I enjoy what I'm doing so it doesn't really feel like work. You know, like when we have Nate Bargatze on the podcast tomorrow, like that's that's fun. I'm looking forward to that, to, to hang. And it doesn't feel so much feel like work, you know. True. Well, you're talking to your talking to your buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great, man. Glad things are going uh, well for you. I'm glad we got this knocked out. Uh, this will be in print. Yeah, thanks, bud. Yeah, this will be in print in City Pages, uh, in print and online the week you're up there at the Acme. So, uh, I love it. Yeah, great, man. We'll have fun. Uh, continue thanks success. So much, and uh, talk to you again soon. Yeah, hell yeah. Thanks, thanks Adam. For making time. All right, All right, bye-bye. Thanks again to Adam Ray for being on the show. You can catch Adam uh, July 5th through the, let me see, 7th in San Diego at the La Jolla Comedy Store. He's in Plano, Texas. Let's see, July 11th through the 13th at Hyenas Comedy Club. And then for all your Adam Ray comedy and podcasting needs, go to adamraycomedy.com. Okay, so we're up to the song of the week. Song of the week is from a group called Foles, and uh, I know Foles from way back, I mean, not way back, like, you know, 2010-ish, so I I guess that's almost, what, nine years ago, but anyway, I always remember them being kind of, uh, kind of like Codaline, kind of that sort of AAA UK-ish kind of uh, pop, and uh, this one's a little more, it's a little more keyboardy, it's a little more almost, um, who's the, uh, the, the Pompeii guys, um, uh, uh, I can't, I can't remember, they're completely blanking on their name now, um, uh, you know, Pompeii, those guys, um, it, it reminds me of, of them in the, in the keyboardiness of it, and uh, it's good to see keyboards coming back, uh, the new Foles album is called, uh, Part One, Everything Not Saved, will be, the will be lost, uh, that's actually from, uh, a Nintendo game from, uh, I think it's from the Wii games, or it's from Game Boy, I don't know, that was almost gonna be Fangirl's senior quote in our high school yearbook, so uh, all you gamers out there know where that comes from, anyway, uh, Foles' new single, one of the new singles is called In Degrees, like I said, uh, I'm digging it a lot, it's got a nice sound to it, and I think you're gonna dig it too, so Foles has our song of the week on PF Tape Recorder, it's called In Degrees, so long, and thanks for listening. We're caught up in silence I lose you in degrees I see you